Podcasting from a sex writing cave from somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smut Lancer, a weekly podcast where we discuss creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smut Lancer podcast is hosted by me, Kayla Lords, and Molly Moore. We're two sex bloggers who have more ideas than time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a break. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smut lancing career to a new level, join the Smut Lancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with an entire community of other people who do what you do and want to get paid to do it too. Head to patreon.com slash the smut lancers to learn more. Hello, everybody. Kayla Lords from the Smut Lancers podcast, one half of the Smut Lancers podcast, here again this week with my good friend and the best work wife ever, Molly Moore. Hi, Molly. Uh-huh. I'm the other half. You are the other half. We're not going to try and decide who's the better half. We are equally fucking awesome. We are. That's what I'm yeah. going to go with. Yeah. <laughs> we are here for our monthly Q&A where we answer mm-hmm. questions from smut lancers we beg for them on twitter one day we'll beg for them in other places too but we tend to stick with twitter um shameless plug right at the top uh in our smut lancers community we have a slack group where you can ask your questions all through the month as many questions as you want on any given day and you don't just get answers from molly and myself you get them from the whole community so it's a like a hive mind kind of thing of everybody's experiences so if you are interested the slack channel access is at five dollars a month and up if you go Uh if you do the end up you get other perks but for the answering of vital questions Start at the $5 level and you can learn more at patreon.com slash the smut lancers with an S on the end, the smut lancers. So shameless plug is over. There will be another shameless plug at the end. You have been warned. Okay. So we got questions and we are getting better at trying to get through them quickly. Not because they're not important questions, but because we know we can ramble on. Uh, <laughs> And we're just trying to get better about that. So I'm going to jump into the questions. The first questions we got were all from the first, the first three are all from one person. And this is 10 ways to touch at ways, W-A-Y-S 10, T-E-N on Twitter. So I'm going to ask them in order, not all at once. So the first one is, what are the best ways to generate traffic for your site? (laughs) Well, I feel like we've covered this a lot. I think we have an entire episode or two. We will link in the show notes to an episode where we covered that. But I guess if you were asking me to sum it up, what is the best way to generate traffic to your site? It's to create content for your site. Um, Regular good content will bring in will increase traffic. So you can't increase traffic on a site that isn't regularly being updated. So actually writing regular, producing, publishing regular content on a regular schedule, whether you decide that's twice a week or three times a week or once a week, it doesn't matter, but on a regular schedule is the core key way. Beyond the, you've got, None of the other things work if you don't do that one thing. You have to do that thing. Um, and then after that, obviously, the, I, I mean, edited highlights would be do good or as best SEO as you can, 
Um, all I have to really say about that is, is Yoast plugin and use it, learn how to use it well. Um, if you haven't used it in the past, don't worry about going back and doing your old content for now. Start today and from today onwards, do better. And if at some point in the future you have like 10 minutes a day, you can go back and do like one post at a time. But the most important thing is start now. If you haven't been doing it, start now. Create better habits now. Um, using social media, obviously, um, to drive traffic. Um, connecting with other people who are writing similar content to you so that maybe they might link to you. So leaving people comments, retweeting their work or um, talking about their work. Um, stuff like that so that you're um, kind of part of that community and of course there's also joining in with the with various memes as well can help with that um, and so commenting on people's work is another way as well of bringing traffic because not only does that person come back but often a lot of their readers may well see your comment and go oh who wrote this comment and then they click on the link that is your, is your comment and then end up back at yours so commenting definitely can help build traffic um, that's my quick fire answer. All of those could be an episode in and of themselves, and some of them even are already. And we will link to them in the show notes page so you can go back and get more specific answers. Um, and yeah, so I'm not going to add anything. I think there's nothing I can add. Mm -hmm. that, that's yes. And the top one, just create content in a consistent way. Yeah, that's that's really it. Okay, next question, and I definitely had thoughts when I read this one. If you were just starting out, what would be the top five places you'd pitch in order to begin building a client list to generate income as a sex writer? May I share my thoughts, Molly Moore? I think this is all you, my love. <laughs> so, all you. Knock yourself out. The, that question leads to more questions. Uh, so I can't give you a top five places because it depends on what kind of content you're willing to create. Do you want to uh -huh. write erotica? Well, then what you want, need to do is to find places that accept erotic fiction online or find anthologies and submission pages and those kinds of things. Do you want to write think pieces and informational content to be published by third party sites? Well, then you need to decide who you want to write for and what you want to write and then find this, you know, compare what you want to write with the sites that publish that kind of content. Oh, do you yeah. want to maybe do some copywriting, ghostwriting, client kind of freelance writing client work? In the sex writing space, it's harder to find through third party uh, sites like Writer Access, Scripted. Uh, there's one I used to work with called Copy Press. Um, those are very vanilla, um, but sometimes they offer things that are sex related. My experience is that if you, or Guru is another one, Upwork is another one. My experience is that if a company, a brand is going through one of those sites to find sex writers to write the content for their site, they will lowball the price that you could yeah. charge if you're working with them independently. Uh -huh. So one, there is no top five for any of it, um, because especially in sex writing, um, what I can tell you, uh, yet another shameless self promotion is at the Smutlancer website, thesmutlancer.com. I have an entire section and it's not comprehensive. It's not everything. I, one of these days I'll go back and add some more of 30 plus sites and I have them broken down by paid versus unpaid 
erotica versus not erotica. So what do you want to write here? Those are some places to start. Um, but I'm not the only person who's ever created stuff like that on a website that you could type into Google, you know, sites that accept erotica and somebody's got a listicle out there and you can, you, mm-hmm. part of this is there's that part of it. In my experience is there's a lot of research involved. It's what sites are you reading now? Are they publishing the kind of content you would like to write? Well, what's their pitching process? Um, sure. I have entire uh, bookmark folders in my browsers and I have multiple browsers that I use that are places where I went to the site and I combed around looking for a submission page and then I bookmarked that link so that if I ever needed to, I could come back to it. I did it for vanilla writing. I did it for sex writing. It's a whole lot of research. The Smutlancer hopefully is uh, a one way, one place, but it is just one place. The other thing is to follow hashtags. Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, open submissions might be one. Um, sometimes uh, am writing can sometimes be a good one. Journal, mm-hmm. journal request is not, that's where a journalist is usually looking for um, uh, information, but you can but, follow that to see who's writing what and start following those people. And, and it lot of like, if that person is, you know, if you said, I've seen general requests there where somebody's like, Oh, I'm writing a piece about the, 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 the sex toys. Like I want to know your experience with sex toys. Um, quite often then that can get you a quote in someone else's piece. And so then they may say, you know, Oh, um, this person thought this, blah, 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 blah. This, you know, this blogger, for example, said this thing about this toy. And so then you've got yourself a link maybe in a much bigger publication. So that's one way of using the journal request thing is worth like keeping an eye on. Oh, absolutely. And it lets you see who's writing about what. You start yeah. following other sex writers who are writing in similar spaces to you. You see what they're publishing. You see where they're yeah. writing. It, it, I can't, yeah, there's too many other questions, answers I would need to be able to even give a top five. And then I can't give a top five because then it narrows down to what exactly are you writing? Because some publications will be better for that than others. And, and it does involve the research of if you're, if you're trying to get published by certain sites, it's the research of looking at what they publish to see if what you're writing is a good fit. So mm-hmm. that would be my answer to that one. Do you have any thoughts on that, Molly? Uh, no, I think you've covered it. We're good. Cool. Okay. So third question from 10 ways to touch. What are some good habits that help you <laughs> consistently generate content? Uh, that's a good, that's a funny because clearly we said that's like the key to question one uh, of your first question. So I suspect you know the answer to that anyway. Um, what are some good habits that help you consistently generate content? I think making yourself a, um, uh, some self-discipline and making yourself a plan that is doable, that is achievable. So not being like, well, I'm going to write every day of the w- every day of the week for a year or something. Like it's not achievable. You're going to fail, and then you're just going to be like, ah, I failed. There's no point in carrying on. So making a um, a plan that works for you, that's actionable. As I said, whether that's publishing something twice a week, whether that's publishing three times a week, once a week. Like I think all of those are acceptable levels to aim at. 
um obviously depending on how much time you've got and how many ideas you've got and stuff but that's roughly where i would aim um and having days set so saying to yourself well i always publish something on a wednesday and i always publish on a sunday or whatever whatever you decide that is i always publish on a wednesday and a friday those are my bare minimum always hit those days um that can be really useful and powerful to be it just gets you into a routine you know when you're supposed to get your stuff done what you're going to do um the other thing i would say is write down ideas that you have that pop into your head when you're in the supermarket or wherever so have a notepad or whether you use your phone for writing notes always have something with you where you can suddenly go oh that's a really good idea da, 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 da. write down like a couple of sentences or a proposed title or whatever so that when you aren't at the supermarket or standing or whatever, it, you know, when you're back to sitting in front of your computer to write that thing, you can go, oh, God, what was that idea I had when I was, you know, sitting in the car doing da 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 Well, I wrote that down and you can go back and look at it. Um, so that can help with if ideas are your problem, um, that can help. Um, yeah, I think good habits is the key. What you've written there, what are some good habits? that the, the good, you have to create those good habits and so I think having a I publish on these days and I always do hit those two days a week for example and if I do extra woohoo but that's my bare minimum so set your bare minimum and really try and stick to that um absolutely as best you can and potentially if it works for you in that way have set times when you sit down and write that content so if for example your publishing days were wednesday and friday does that mean that you sit wednesday morning and write do you always say right wednesday morning i write my post for wednesday or perhaps actually you do tuesday i write my post for wednesday i know it's done and thursday i write my post for friday those are two things that are then done on those days and the rest of the time i do other things so have that planned out like think about how that's going to work when that's going to fit in and, and have that um, in your diary, calendar, whatever you call it. Um, because habit is the word here. Habit is the key, is to make it a habit where you just know, you just do it. It becomes, it becomes natural, it becomes rote. I agree. The thing, I, the only thing I would add that I know that I do do slightly differently i do i with you i follow specific days uh every site that i have where i'm consistently publishing there are specific days what i have done that has helped me feel free to use it if it helps you because i um create very different types of content within sometimes the same site so back in the day it might have been some erotica and it might have been some nonfiction or something else. Now it's like on one day there's a podcast and on another day there's written content. And mm -hmm. for, to help me make that a habit and so I could schedule it into my life, which for me, if I schedule it, then I can over time it becomes a habit. Um, I designate which day gets which type of content. So in the case of the Smut Lancer, Mondays are podcast days, Wednesdays are blog post days. Mm -hmm. Right. Other days might be blog post days, but I know I have those two. It's not, it's not even a matter of, well, what am I going to create? I know what I've got to create. I'm going to yeah. do this and this. So if you are the type of content creator that's doing both erotic fiction and how-to fiction or sex toy reviews, if it works for you, designate which days of the week those occur on. And then you've taken out part of the 
problem of trying to set a habit is we're asking our brain to expend more energy in the process of figuring it out. That's why habits, once they're habits, they're even harder to break because we can do them without thinking. Um, And The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin is an excellent book for this, by the way. Um, And um, so that's why it can be difficult to start the habit because we're having to make ourselves think more about it. So if you can take out some of the decision-making process yeah. Then you've made that easier on yourself. So decide if, again, if it works, you decide today what your days are and what that content is. And then that way, when you sit down to create the content, you've already eliminated one of the decisions. What's it going to yeah. be about? And that can sometimes be a little bit helpful as well. Okay. Thank you, 10 Ways to Touch, at Ways10 uh, on Twitter for your questions. And I'm going to go to the other question we received from Quinn Rhodes at On Queer Street. Um, This one, when I say it made me laugh, I'm not laughing at Quinn. I'm laughing in solidarity. So I'm going to read the full question, but you will... um, know the question you'll know so the question is how do i apologize less yo i wish i knew uh especially when i've taken a few days or weeks to reply to someone's email or i'm 12 hours late submitting a piece of work i promised them um but and and, uh, quinn is funny um z says that should be how does one apologize less but uh, look quinn you're not the only one who struggles with it i swear to you so how does one apologize less, Molly? I'll say this. Here's here's how I go on. You go first. Here's yeah. how uh, this works for me. As I've gotten older, I have fewer fucks to give. I just don't. I do have actual methods, though. But Molly, you are to me. I perceive you to be better at this. So you go really? first. I do. I because I think it's because I I think uh, the only times I've ever heard you apologize for anything are things where I'm like, yeah, that you know. I would have apologized for that too. I've never heard you apologize for things that didn't like, didn't make sense to apologize for, you know? Okay. I mean, I feel like when, if I feel like I've let someone down. Yes. Um, in that situation or like I've had to change a thing, then I know I can be very sorry as in not, I'm not very sorry because of course I'm very sorry, but full of very sorries. Gotcha. I hope that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> um, where it's like, you know, punctuates like every sentence. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm rubbish. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm rubbish. Um, try to be a bit more conscious of that. I think maybe, oddly, being now in a situation where I work with people, so like being an editor myself and people submitting stuff and having that... Um, where people have done that to me and come and said, I can't meet this deadline or da, 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 da. And they've apologized profusely and repeatedly. I've been like, it's fine. You don't need to keep saying sorry. And I think that for me, that has made me realize how I then don't need to do that to other people. Like a sorry is enough. Um, So I think like, that's one thing. Um, I think a bit like Kayla, maybe the fucks I have are less and have got less over time. I think as my confidence has grown and I think um, 
my I want to say like in a weird way my professionalism so my ability to negotiate with a client and say sorry this thing has happened I can't now do this thing can we work out this schedule da, 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 da. and so it's kind of professional it's it's about working out the solution at that point rather than focusing on I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry so it's like I'm sorry da 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 here's what we could do here's here's my proposed solutions I could do a b or c instead um and so the minute you focus on that to be honest the client skips over the sorry bit and just goes okay which of these work for me oh let's do that b is fine i'm cool with that do it next week kind of thing um think and having those relationships with people where i see that that works where really they just want the stuff to happen they they they're more interested in the solution than in your apology um not that that and also i don't want to imply that they also don't give a shit about you either because i think having a relationship with you they're like that you know i'm sorry that you're sick or i'm da, 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 da. so i think those things are helpful and i guess there is some element i want to say of um and i know kayla has mentioned this before of having some element of financial security and savability that allows me to put to have some less fucks about some things where i'll just be like uh, you know, whatever. And I, um, and I think some of it's experience. I think over time we learn yeah. when, so first of all, if you have fucked up, yes, apologize. But apologize one time at the top of the email and then, like Molly said, get into the... How can we solve yeah, this? Yeah, get into the Let solution. Let me solve this. Um, yeah. But also some things you don't have to apologize for. Was somebody expecting a response and you care about either keeping that relationship or building that relationship? Then yeah, apologize. Ooh, apologies for the delay in getting back to you. I have started many an email that way, not because I think I have to apologize all over myself, but because I want to acknowledge that I made that person wait because I'm that relationship I might be building is important to me. But if it's nobody that I'm connected to, nobody that I care about working with, I'm going to keep it professional. I'm not going to be an ass about it. But uh-huh. if they weren't expecting a response from me or I didn't promise a response, uh, they I'm not apologizing for something that they had no expectation of or that I never I never gave that expectation for. Um, right. And I, it, go on, I was just going to say that, you know, it's not, usually depending on how this works it's not the apology that's the bad thing it's how often you're apologizing within maybe the same email or are you apologizing to the right person i mean if we're talking about that stereotype because there's a lot of truth to it of the people who apologize because somebody else bumped into them or somebody else Mm -hmm. was an asshole but you feel the need to apologize to smooth things over if we were talking about that you know, that's a different conversation. But like in Quinn's um, uh, example, 12 hours late submitting a piece of work. Here's what I'm, I can only speak for myself as an editor. I'm not watching the clock, okay? I'm actually not even looking at the date of the email when it comes through. And also time zones are a thing. So you're 12 hours late might be somebody else's right on time. I'm looking for... This is the date I asked for it. When I go to look at it, is it there? Now, 
my personal tendency as a person who requests stuff from people, I tell Uh you a day, I might not actually go look for it until two or three days later. I give a day because I know that is the day that if I have it by then, then I know how I can schedule out the rest of my life. So if you're sending it 12 hours late, I think it's fine because you're trying to foster the relationship. You set an expectation. Apologies for the slight delay. Here's my finished piece. I would have to, if that had been me receiving an email like that, I'd have to go look at the timestamp to even know. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and unless I know for myself as both a person who accepts public uh, content and a person who submits content, unless somebody says I need it on this date by this time, the implication is, is that any time within that date, is fine. So if you submit it at 11:59 p.m. on the deadline, <laughs> everybody everybody it. I know is going to count that. If I wake up uh-huh. the next morning, my time the next morning and it's there, in my mind you're on time. So I think some of that and that's very much in the weeds of the specifics of this question that Quinn asked, but I think there's something to that for what are you apologizing for? You know, yeah. let's get like, let's look at the broader picture of what the reality is. Is that worth an apology? So once you've decided, is that worth an apology? Fine, apologize. Please then do not fill your email or your whatever with 10 of them because that that then becomes a thing that the reader has to weed through. So the way I handle that, because... I I do find myself, I'm much better than I used to be, but I do find myself apologizing sometimes to the wrong people and sometimes too much. When I write that email, if I felt any amount of guilt when I started writing it, like, oh God, I made them wait, right? Mm-hmm. I'll, I know me, I'm going to throw an apology in there. When I'm done writing the whole email, I then go back and I ruthlessly edit the fuck out of that. To me, unless I have like, physically harmed somebody themselves or somebody they love a quick apologies for the delay is enough for me. And I'm going to cut out every other apology or I'm going to reword that apology. Again, Uh it's going to depend on what the expectations that were set. I get a lot of questions and DMS and whatever else from People who listen to the Loving BDSM podcast, they then want advice from me. I used to apologize if I made that email or DM wait a week or two weeks before I responded. There was no agreement that I would email them back at any given time. Many of them sent it with no expectation I would ever even respond. I was offering free advice that other people might have to pay for in other circumstances. And I was apologizing to them. Right. (laughs) I have stopped doing that. Um, And so, but that was also practice. But yes, if you're, you're a writer, you're a writer. If you're listening to this, you're, you're creating content on some level. You're probably a writer. If you're emailing, before you hit send, just edit out all of the extra I'm sorry's, all of the extra I'm bending over backwards because I'm afraid I have disappointed you. The vast majority of the time, you have disappointed no one. They're not even aware, especially if you're on the cusp of a deadline or something. Mm-hmm. Like, 
most most people every once in a while somebody will be really like prickly about it and that happens and then that yeah you you're gonna have to decide is it does this warrant a different kind of apology or what kind of conversation or whatever um but yeah i edit yourself that's the way i apologize less not by actually apologizing less <laughs> just right. edit myself do you do anything else molly or any other thoughts on that no i don't i don't know that i do i think one of the things when you were talking i was thinking about is that also working um this last while year i guess us doing customer service has helped as well because i've realized that the customers as well like the apology but they like the solution much better and i think that's worth bearing in mind in this situation because really if you're offering a solution like I said at the beginning, that's where the client's eye is going to go. They're going to be like, oh, okay, that's the thing. You're sorry. What's going to happen now? And so I think having that, if, think about if someone sent that to you, you would be like, oh, okay, that's a shame. But then someone's put, however, this is what's going, you know, this is what I can do now, or this is what's going to happen, or da 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 da, in this, you know, work professional situation. That I think is where people, that's the bit that counts that you've said you're sorry but then you're addressing how you're going to fix that what you're going to do at this point like onwards what are the options now i could still do this piece of work for you but i won't be able to finish it by friday or if you don't now want this piece of work i completely understand and i'm very sorry that i let you down or option c like whatever your you know whatever those things are here's some solutions i can offer at this point and they're just going to go with that. That's what they're going to focus on because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for you to solve that little problem. And so, um, like, I would super focus on that. And as Kayla said, like, write your thing and then be like, oh, have I apologized 95 times in this email? I can actually probably delete 94 of those. And reword um, the one that you leave in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, that, yeah. I think we've covered it. I think we're good. Yep, I, I think so too. Um, I did have one thing that came up to mind and now it has floated away. So that clearly Always the way. was not meant to uh, see the light of day. Um, uh-huh. So uh, thank you uh, for your questions this week. Um, one more shameless promotion. You can mm-hmm. get your questions answered any day of the week by many people, not just Molly and myself as the questions come to you, uh, by joining our uh, community the um, at patreon.com slash thesmutlancers with an S on the end. Uh, $5 and up gets you access to a Slack channel where there's a lot going on. Um, but one of the things is a lot of questions get asked and answered. And so, and then there's things for reassurance. And when you think you're the only person in the world going through this thing, there will be somebody who pops up and goes, nope, I've been through that too. Um, so yeah, we're, we're a little partial to our community, obviously. Uh, so it's patreon.com slash the Smutlancers. Alternatively, you can ask us a question at any point. You do not have to wait till one of us is begging on Twitter for questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you can slide into our DMs. You can email us. You can leave a comment on you know in the show notes page of an episode or anywhere um and we will do our best to add those to the mailbag as well or like last week it might become its own episode because it's just that that media of a topic we can really dive into so 
that is it for us this week. Next week, I am all alone. I hate it when I'm all alone. But don't worry. We'll be back together in a couple of weeks. It'll be great. It'll be fabulous. It'll be better. Because then there's me on my own. I know. Isn't it sad? (laughs) We should probably do something about that. I don't know what, but something. Okay, y'all. We are going to let you go. And we will talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great information at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's at the Smut Lancer in all three places. Or follow Eroticon on Twitter or Instagram at Eroticon UK, all one word, Eroticon UK. For more tips, tricks, and help from your fellow Smut Lancers, join us at patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. Thanks for listening. Let's do this again next week. Mm-hmm.